0: we are finishing up our series Called the Freedom of Forgiveness. This is week four, our final week, um, and I hope you've been enjoying. It. I know I've been enjoying it. This has been a really, really fun series. One of my favorite things uh, about doing this. Why I think this is like one of the greatest jobs. It's not the greatest job in the world. Um, I love it whenever I get up here and teach, but I'm also learning myself. That's that's just how amazing God is. That's how amazing the Holy Spirit is, and just how He works. And so this has been really, really fun to me. Even though I've done this series in the youth before, uh, being able to do it here on Sundays and to change the messages up and different scriptures and stuff. Uh, I've also learned a lot, too, because even though I'm, I'm the youth pastor, don't mean that people don't make me angry, okay? Don't mean that I ain't human still. So I've been trying to learn and trying to forgive and going through that process as well. So I've really, really enjoyed this entire uh, series. And again, I hope that you've liked it as well. So I've talked, I've been saying the past three weeks that this is not a series on the, the grace of God, and this is not a series specifically on you are forgiven of your sins, and this isn't a series on just the gospel, and it hasn't been, um, and it's not because that's not, a, again, that's not a bad message to preach, obviously. The gospel is the message that we're all supposed to preach, and we're all supposed to tell people about, um, but that's just something that everybody's heard of. I wanted to get away from the cliches of that, and I wanted to actually teach on forgiveness, but I also told you that I can't do a series on forgiveness and not talk about Jesus. It's like we've been talking about Jesus, of course, every single Sunday. But I can't not teach a message on Jesus. So if y'all are okay with it this morning, I want to talk about Jesus. If y'all are cool with that. Now, if you don't want to talk about Jesus, that's between you and Jesus. <laughs> that's between y'all. But I want to talk about Jesus this morning, um, and, and I, I really. I'm hesitant. I was, like, really hesitant on, like, specifically saying that on the front end because what, you, what we normally do is, like, we kind of talk about, you know, like this whole series, we're talking about forgiveness. You need to forgive other people, and you've been forgiven of your sins, and bam, surprise you with Jesus. That's the answer. it's Jesus going to help you. But we're going to turn, turn the front end. We're talking about Jesus today. Y'all got me for 30 minutes. I'm going to talk about Jesus for 30 minutes. The the the, the rough thing, and, like, the, again, why I was kind of hesitant about it is because it's really easy that when somebody gets up here and says, hey, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ, for you to just zone out. Because I've been to church, and we always talk about Jesus, and I've heard of Jesus, not Jesus Christ, and all that stuff. And I want to make sure that everybody hears me, and I, I told this to our leadership team before our service, is that it don't matter how much you've been taught about Jesus, there's still more to learn. You will never, ever, ever be able to understand and comprehend everything about who Jesus was and everything that he did for you. That is the beauty of Jesus. That's the beauty of God. And so today, even though we're talking about Jesus, I am believing in faith that if you pay attention, you're going to learn something today. You're going to learn something about Jesus. So uh, the title of our message today is Already Forgiven. Already Forgiven. So Go ahead and write that down if you're taking notes. Already Forgiven. Again, I want to talk, I kind of want to dig in to Jesus and what he did and kind of talk about something that is very, very biblical, but we don't really hear it and really hear it taught as much. Um, so right now in the room, there are about three different groups of people. Everybody in this room can fit into one of these three categories, okay? Some of you in this room, you are unsaved. And if you're unsaved, I want you to know that we are so, so glad you're here. That church is not for Christians. Church is for everybody. So if you're unsaved in the room or you're unsaved watching online, I want you to know that we love you. We're not judging you, and we're really, really glad you're here. And I'm believing in faith that you're going to hear about Jesus today. And I'm believing in faith that some of you are going to receive salvation today. Some of you fit into category two, and you're what we call just saved, recently saved. You're a baby Christian. You're just now starting. And if that is you, you're more than likely so excited to come to church, so excited to hear about Jesus. You're on fire. You've got the new passion, and you've got the Holy Spirit in you, and all you're learning, and you're learning, and you're learning, and today's going to be a really, really good learning experience. But category three is my been saved, people. You've been saved, been saved for years, been saved for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And this is the category, unfortunately, that wants to zone out at church, that wants to not pay attention anymore. Because why? Because I've been saved. I've been saved. I've been saved for a long time. And what I'm encouraging you to do is, again, take that pride that you think you understand everything because you've been saved for a long time. Just because you've been saved for a long time don't mean you know more than anybody else. Okay? So I want you to take that pride that, hey, I don't have to listen because I know everything. I want you to set it to the side because I believe that what I've got to teach today is not a word from me, it's a word from God. And I believe that we're all going to learn something this morning. So already forgiven, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5 is where we're going to spend most of our time today, already forgiven. I want to talk about the fact that your sins are Are already forgiven that everybody's sins are already forgiven everybody say already Already. okay I got to teach this every but Pastor Braden wait wait I thought that you only receive salvation when you have had your sins forgiven your sins are already forgiven you just have to receive the forgiveness I'm going to break this down. I'm going to try to talk about it. Because we want to, what we want to do is because we're saved and because we're going to heaven, we want us to be better than them. Like my sins are forgiven and yours ain't because I'm going to heaven. But forgiveness, we've been talking, I talked about this in the past three weeks, but forgiveness is a gift. A gift works both ways you got to give the gift and receive the gift. Forgiveness and salvation have already happened, you just have to receive it. So if you're saved this morning, if you've received salvation this morning, that's why we call it receiving salvation. Because salvation happened. Forgiveness happened. When Jesus died on that cross, he died one time. He does not have to die over and over and over and over again. He died one time for all sins. So all sins are already forgiven. Jesus did not die on the cross and forgive the sins that had happened. He forgave the sins that happened, that were happening, and that were going to happen. So all sins are already forgiven. Salvation comes when you receive that forgiveness. Again, a gift works both ways. We're talking about forgiveness in the solar series, and you need to give, you need to forgive other people. You also receive forgiveness. A gift. Let me break it down this way. Let me break it down with another analogy. So I want to use my little brother Blake right here as, a, as an analogy. Okay, so Blake, he just graduated high school and he's going to be going to, to Blue Mountain College in August. Okay, so Blake, he also is really good at bowling. Now, all, our whole family just started recently getting into bowling. They started They've been bowling for a while. My parents have been bowling for a while, and we just started getting into it. And I think my brothers love bowling because it's like the one sport that they can beat me in. So I'm just gonna. I'm gonna let them have it. I'm just gonna let them have it. Uh, that's also not true. They, they're, they're gonna beat me in a couple of those. But you know, older brother usually always wins. So it's just the way. This is the way life works. It's just it goes, it goes around. Uh, but honestly, Blake is really, really good at bowling. So Blake is gonna bowl at Blue Mountain College, and he got a scholarship. at Blue Mountain College. That's a really, really awesome thing. And so I I talked about, I believe it was uh, week two, uh, when we talked about how to forgive. I used this illustration that for all my parents, that imagine you had enough money to buy your uh, kids or the kids that you take care of, your grandkids, nieces, nephews, whoever. Imagine you were given and blessed with enough money to buy them whatever they wanted. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. But when they got downstairs for Christmas morning, they didn't want none of them gifts. You'd be angry, okay? So I'm gonna use that same illustration. I'm gonna put it with me and Blake. So let's say for Blake's graduation gift, I wanted to get him a bowling ball. Okay, I want to get him a bowling ball, a nice, a $200, like a really really nice, a proton physics or or or, or, or a storm or 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 a Zen master. Like some of y'all don't even know there's a bowling ball. for those of you who are like that's another completely different language. There's a bowling ball. But imagine I gave him. A really nice bowling ball. So bowling balls <laughs> when when they when you order them, they don't come and just they don't they just don't hand you the ball. They, they put it in a box, okay? So imagine I get the box and I wrap it really nice or really pretty for Blake, and I go to give him the graduation gift, and he says, I don't want it. The bowling ball is still there. Okay, okay. The bowling ball was still <laughs> created. The bowling ball still exists, even if he doesn't want to receive it. Forgiveness, salvation, even if you don't want to receive it, it still exists. All sins are already forgiven. The gift of salvation is a gift. Forgiveness of your sins is a gift. And even if you don't want to receive it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Same thing with the illustration with Blake, same thing with all those Christmas gifts, those those metaphorical fake Christmas gifts you got your kids. The gifts are still there. The, 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 the company that you ordered it from, they still created it. If I went to give the bowling ball bowl to Blake, and Blake was like, I don't want it, it doesn't just evaporate in the thin air. It, it's still in my hands. I can still feel it, I can still feel the weight of it. And this is the beautiful thing about salvation, is that it was already paid for. Because you could never pay for it. Everyone's sins are all ready forgiven. So I want to show you all this verse real quick to kind of help us understand. I want to give you all some Bible for this to kind of help us better understand this. Romans six verse ten says this: When he died, he died once. Everybody say once. He died once to break the power of sin. Period. But now that he lives, talking about Jesus, he lives for the glory of God. So Jesus died once to break all the power of sin. The thing, and this is what sin, if I get like, what, what is sin? There's a lot of different uh, descriptions and, and adjectives that we could use to describe sin. But sin is the thing that separates us from God. That's the, the very, very simply, very, very easily, if, if, I, if I can like make it as simple as possible. Sin separates you from God. God cannot be around sin because he's too holy. I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. So, so the thing, the reason why Jesus came, one of the reasons, one of the like five billion reasons, why Jesus came to die for us is because God wanted a relationship with us. He wanted to be in relationship with us. So when Jesus died, he broke the power of sin. Jesus died a long time ago. So I want to tell you this morning that whatever sins you are judging yourself because of, I need you to understand that they're already forgiven. God already forgave you of your sins. You just have to receive it. So, again, if Jesus, Jesus died one time for all sin. There's a lot of different reasons why it, this is really hard for us to comprehend. And I think I kind of talked about this a couple of minutes ago, but I think the biggest reason why this is really hard for us to understand and to comprehend is because we like to compare our sins to other people. We like to. We like to look at their sins and be like i'm not that bad like everybody's bad got it but i'm not bad bad like i'm not, like they're bad but, like yeah i cuss <laughs> that's a couple cuss words but at least i'm not like a homosexual like yeah yeah okay i get it i get it like i have a bad attitude all the time i get it but at least i'm not like abusing people like at least i'm not de- like yeah i'm an alcoholic but I'm not like a murderer, right? Like I'm not killing people. And we want to compare all these sins and we want to, and what it's doing is, again, like I said earlier, you're trying to make yourself superior to someone else because of what they do. And just like we, we just sung about in Jara, everybody is already loved. Everybody is already forgiven. There is no level, of, like we want to put levels on sins because we want to, <laughs> we for some reason feel like we deserve God's grace more. Like, because you're in church on Sunday morning, that God wanted you to have grace more than them, who's in a homosexual relationship, in the bed with somebody else right now. That somebody went to the club last night, and you were at home at 8 p.m. falling asleep because you got kids. So God loves you more because you went out partying. Like, this is what we do. This is how we believe. This is what we think. And so I want to do a little bit of, a little bit of participation. I, just, I need honesty. Again, if you ain't going to be honest or transparent, City Church ain't the church for you, okay? So if you're going to be honest, though, this is for you. Raise your hand if you would say you have broken at least one of God's commandments. Just at least one. Raise your hand. Everybody's hands up. Good. If your hand's not up, you just broke one right there. Okay, we Good. All right. Hand down. Hand down. Go. All right. May I ask this question? Raise your hand if you would say you have broken every single law In the Old Testament, every single law. You murder somebody, you're adulterer, all this stuff. Okay, okay. No hands up. Make sure we ain't got to call the cops on Sunday morning. We're good. Okay. Okay. James 2.10. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is just as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. Just as guilty. So you keep comparing your sins to somebody else and thinking you're better than them. And the Bible says it's the same. I'm gonna choose the Bible. If that's okay, you ain't gotta agree with me, but I'm gonna pick but this is why but why, Pastor Brain, why is it? Because grace is for everybody. Jesus Christ came to die for everybody. Grace is for every single person, no matter your skin color, no matter your gender, no matter your past, no matter your background, no matter what you did this morning. It is for everybody. Everybody's sins are all ready forgiven. Write this point down if you're taking notes. God forgiving my sin doesn't justify my sin. God forgiving my sin doesn't justify my sin. Again, we as Christians, we, you know, we're blessed and, and we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And we get, you know, we have a church family and we, we understand the, the access to God that we have. We have all these different things that a lot of unsaved people don't, but that doesn't mean you're more loved. We, we want to believe that because we're in church and because I am going to heaven when I die and because I worship, that somehow, way God loves me more. And that's just not true. And one of the things that, one of the reasons we struggle with this is because we want to justify our sin by comparing our sin. That's just, how, that's just how our brains and that's how our human nature is wired. Because, again, we want to, we, we just want to be better than people. I want to be superior. I want everybody. I want somebody to love me more, but I need you to understand That just because God forgave your sin doesn't justify it. And this is where our our culture is really, really bad uh, because a lot of, I mean, I see it all over Facebook and all over Twitter. And a lot of people are like, well, God's going to love me anyway. You're right. God's going to forgive me anyway. You already did. You're right. Jesus already came for you, but that is not an excuse for you to sin because sin is hurting you. Because you are trying to live a life without God when you're sinning. And, every, and most of us in the room, we can attest that living a life without God ain't fun. <laughs> it's not good. It's very, it's very upset, very sad, very depressing. And so when you sin, when you're living a life full of sin, it separates you from God. I think some of us, we get so caught up in, like, the, the temporary, like, the very temporary feel-good. And we, we don't understand the difference between satisfaction and pleasure. Like, pleasure and satisfaction are two very, very different things. And I want to read this verse that that Jesus Christ himself said. John 10, verse 10 says that thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. So that's that's what sin does. Sin steals, kills, destroys. But my purpose, being Jesus, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so what we do when we sin is we take the temporary pleasure of the feel-good in the moment, and we miss out on the rich and satisfaction that Jesus has for us because again that's all sin is sin is separating us from God I want to take us back to Adam and Eve in the garden because this is something that maybe not a lot of us have been taught maybe not a lot of us understand but when Adam and Eve were in the garden we talked about this in week one they had free will they had the choice to do what they wanted that's why God had to tell Adam don't eat the fruit because Adam had a choice whether or not to eat the fruit and so when of course when Eve and Adam ate the fruit what did they do they disobeyed God which is sin which let me go ahead and park right here and let me help you out. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still sin. Okay, let me just come back over here. So when Adam and Eve ate the fruit and they sinned, God had to kick them out of the Garden of Eden. God didn't kick them out of the Garden of Eden because he hated them. God kicked them out of the Garden of Eden because God is so holy. Like This is one of the things we don't understand, the holiness of God. But God is so holy, he can't be around sin. He just can't do it. Let me help you out. Let me give you a little analogy, a little, little, little illustration. For me, I can't be around the smell of, like, cigarettes, Okay. Now, if you smoke, this ain't con- condemning you. I'm not judging you. I'm not like saying you're a terrible person. You're gonna go to hell. That's not what I'm saying at all. But my mom grew up smoking cigarettes, and so every time now when I smell cigarettes, I don't like it. It, it gives me like a, it makes my, my eyes fuzzy, and it gives me like a headache, and I'm just not a fan of it. So whenever somebody is smoking cigarettes or they smell like cigarettes, I have to keep my distance from them because I can't be around that because it makes me feel like sick. It makes me feel nauseous. That's for me. God is similar in the way with sin. I do not hate people who smoke cigarettes. I don't hate my mom. Okay, Can I please say that on the front end before somebody like, goes and texts my mom and says, "Braden hates you because you smoke. No, that's not. If you smoke cigarettes, I don't hate you. I don't think you're an awful person. I don't think I'm a better Christian than you because you smoke cigarettes. None of that is true. I just don't like the smell of it, so I can't really be around it. God does not hate you when you sin, but God is too holy to be around sin. So every time you sin, it separates you from God. And this is why Jesus is saying, my purpose, this is Jesus, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus Christ did not get murdered on a cross for you to live a mediocre, boring, sinful life on earth. Jesus, this is not, this is not, I'm going to give them a rich and satisfying life in eternity. Jesus wants you, God wants you to have a rich and satisfying life here on earth. And I said this last week, and this really like steps on people's toes, and people really don't understand this. They really don't like it. But getting to heaven is amazing. But that's level one. Salvation and receiving salvation is the beginning. It's a new life. And there is so much God wants us to do here on earth. God doesn't want you to be miserable on earth. It's not like, hey, I'm gonna get saved, I'm gonna go to heaven, I'm gonna hate my life on earth. That's not how God works. When you don't sin, when you fight that temptation, it gives you a rich and helps you have a rich and satisfying life. So, and this is another really excuse again. So, sin, like I said, sin's the barrier between us and God, and the reason why. And I, I wish I almost wish I had like another week, and I, I would do like a message on like heaven and hell because that's something that a lot of us were never really taught on before. But the biggest difference between heaven and hell is God's presence. Okay? I'm going to say that again. Some of you just need a point, but some of you got to write this down. The biggest difference between heaven and hell is God's presence. You can experience God's presence on earth. That's the only we worship, we say we're bringing heaven down because we're bringing the presence of God in our midst. And so if people really, we really want to make this excuse. So like, okay, Pastor Brand, I know you're saying that, you know, not, not to sin and stuff like that because sin hurts me and you know, it breaks the barrier. Like That's why, again, that's why God had to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden because they couldn't be in his presence because he can't be around sin. But Pastor Braden, everybody sins. You're right. So write this point down. Everybody sins, but not everybody lives in sin. There's a difference between sinning and living in sin. Everybody sins, you're right, but not everybody is controlled by their sin and this is where I, i'm gonna I'm gonna, need some more, I'm gonna need some more transparency in the room but for me it's very it's very very easy for me or, or was whenever i was like kind of first starting out this whole christianity and, and jesus thing i got saved when i was 15 was i would sin and i would like i'd be like get really extra and like get really emotional and i would just give up like ah I've sinned. Uh, like, I, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to help you Let me, I'm going to give you, like, a little bit, like, two-minute of my testimony. Uh, I wish I had more time, but I don't have enough time to give you, like, all of it. But for me, my biggest issue growing up was anxiety. I dealt with a severe, severe anxiety for seven years, 6th to 12th grade. I dealt with really, really bad anxiety. And so for me, the way that I dealt with my anxiety was I watched pornography. I was addicted to pornography for at least three years, probably four, um, and I watched it, like, I mean, there was, like, years I watched, it like, every single day. Like, it was an addiction, a like full-blown... Addiction, And so for me, my mindset, and again, I'm going to need transparency in the room because some of you are going to be fake and act like this ain't how you think, but all human beings are the same. Uh, I, I, would, I, I, would, I would get my phone and I'd pull up the website and what would happen is, you know, the Holy Spirit would be convicting me. Like, hey, put your phone down. Get off the website. Go to watch something else. Like, trying to get me to stop sinning. Trying to get me to stop doing this thing that gives me, like, two minutes of satisfaction and it leaves me broken and empty and and hollow and all this stuff. But in my mind, I would be like, well, I've already opened the website. So I've already sinned, right? So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to do it. And we live in this this very... (laughs) We just want to justify everything. We want to justify everything. But I heard a pastor say one time that the best thing for you to do when you miss the mark or when you sin is to obey. That when you sin, what we want to do, what we want to do very, very naturally, is to just make, just like, just like give up. I, I quit. I quit trying. I'm already sinning. I've already cussed once today. So I might as well just keep cussing the rest of the day. I'll try again tomorrow. Like, I'm already mad at work. It's 10 a.m. I've only been here for an hour. I've already gone off on one coworker. I've already sinned. So I might as well just go off on everybody else. Just let me, just let me I've already been speeding. So I might as well just keep speeding. Like, but this is how we think. And what I want, I want you to hear me say is that when God convicts you, it's not because he's mad at you. It's because you're missing out on a blessing because you're disobeying, because you're sinning. And the best thing for you to do, somebody, this is, if you would just receive this and believe it, your whole entire mindset, and some of you would begin actually defeating sin in your life, is when you are sinning, when you're missing the mark, and God convicts you, the best thing for you to do is to turn back and obey. Go back to whatever it was. Even like, because God doesn't hate you because you're in the middle of sin. Like, we think God's mad at us because we're in the middle of sin. No, 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 sin separates and hurts you because you're running away from him. So everybody sins, but not everybody lives in sin. So all of this, all of this right here that we've been been talking about, and again, I think one of the frustrating things about sin is most of us, kind of like talking about what I just talked about, is we don't even try to stop. You don't even try to stop cussing. You don't even try to stop drinking or doing drugs. You don't even try to stop being rude to your spouse. We don't even try. We don't even try to give it a chance. And I think that's one of the things that God is most frustrated with is that, like God, He understands that you're gonna be imperfect and you're gonna mess up. Like He understands that you can't be perfect. That's why He sent the perfect one. Like He understands that. And and God isn't looking for, like this is, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could spend more time on this point. God isn't looking for perfection. He's looking for progression, okay? He, he knows you can't be perfect. He knows you're going to mess up. That's why he sent Jesus to be perfect. But I think a lot of us, again, we're just so busy justifying, and then we don't even try to fix it. And so all of this can really be summed up in that our perception on sin, our perception on Jesus, what we've been taught, what we've been believing, our perception on things has really been skewed and really been uh, messed up and really been tinted. Because of our past, because of what somebody did to us, because of what we went through, because of all this stuff. And so I want to have somebody help me out with an illustration. Tyler, will you come up here? Y'all give it up for Tyler, really, really quick. Okay. So, Tyler, you see this piece of paper right here. I need you to tell me what color is this paper? White. Okay. Everybody would agree this is white. So I see that you're saying it's white, but what you don't understand is that my sunglasses, everything kind of has a blue tint, okay? Everything has a little bit of a blue shade to it. So I see that you're saying this is white, but I'm trying to tell you I see blue. This paper is blue. So I'm gonna give you one more chance before I get angry. What color is this paper? Okay, listen, listen, listen. I'm telling you right now that this paper is blue. It's blue. So before I get real upset, you're going to make me cry. You're going to make me cry because I'm telling you. Like you're making me second guess everything that I've been taught. You're making me second guess everything that I've believed in because I'm telling you this is blue. So I need you to tell me one more time. What color is this paper? Now, listen, this is so silly, but this is what we do. You get so upset when someone tells you the truth, but you can't see the truth because your perspective is off. So even though, like, and, whoo, this is so good. I love the Holy Spirit. And my common sense, I know this is white. If I would use my brain, I would understand that this paper is white. I brought the paper up here. I know that it's white. But because my perspective, because of what I went through, because of what I've been taught, because of my past, because of what I believed, I don't see it the way it's supposed to be. And so when I'm trying to have a natural conversation, Tyler, this paper's blue. Tell me what color it is. And now I'm getting angry. Because why? Because my perspective. And so some of you, you view God, you view God as someone who abandoned you because your father abandoned you. You view Jesus as someone who can never love you because you don't even love yourself. You don't fully understand what sin really is because you've been justifying your sin your whole life. And so, because your perspective on things is wrong, like if I would just change my perspective and take it off, you know what, Tyler? You were right. This paper is why. It's it's, it's very, it's like, yeah, that's why. Imagine my shirt and everything. And I'm sorry, we we hate those two words. I'm sorry for getting mad because of my perspective. I'm sorry for letting my past, for letting what I was taught, for letting what I went through get in the way because you were just trying to tell me the truth. And some of you have been so mad at church and Christians and pastors your whole entire life because they've been trying to teach you about Jesus. But because you put those tinted glasses on, and even though they looked really cool, and you were really, really enjoying yourself, your whole entire life has been misguided because your truth was not truth. You can go sit down and talk. i give up for Tyler. Thank you, Tyler, for that. So now the question is, how do I know the truth? <laughs> Bible. Read your Bible. Read it. I'm going to say it again. Read your Bible. The Bible has the truth. I know I talked about that last week. Last week, But the Bible has the truth in it. So I want to read uh, a few verses from 2 Corinthians 5. That's where I had you turn this morning. We're going to start in verse 14. And we're going to kind of go through these verses. I'm not going to go through them too, too fast. I want to take some time on a couple of them. We're going to read uh, starting in verse 14. And it says this, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, not for Christians, not for Democrats, not for white people, not for people who did it right their whole entire life, not for people who grew up with both parents. Christ died for all. We also believe that we have all died to our own life. He died for everyone. Everybody say everyone. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. I'm going to read that that sentence one more time. He died for everyone so that those who receive, that means it's a choice. Salvation has happened. You just choose to receive it. Those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. So when you're not living for God, you're living for you. And when you live for you, you're very selfish. And very sinful. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. What is is this verse saying? Let me finish it. Let me finish it. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This is saying we see people the way God sees them now. And the reason why some of us, this whole forgiveness series has been a struggle for you and why it's really hard for you to really forgive other people and really, uh, again, not really, not justify what they did because what they did was bad, but not let it hang you up, not let it give you pain, not let it give you hurt anymore, is because you're still trying to view them through your eyes, through your lens, through your perspective, and not viewing them the way that God sees them. Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. The new life cannot start until the old one is gone. Some of you are still living in sin and you're saved because you're trying to be the old you. God does not patch up the old you. He makes you a brand new person. Like when you receive salvation, that's what what the picture of water baptism is. Is that the old you is dead and the new you is raised to life. And so if some of you are still struggling, some of you have been struggling since you've been saved from day one because you're not trying to change anything. Because you're still trying to live your old life. But the old life is gone. A new life has begun. Verse 18. And all of this is a gift from God. A gift is given and a gift is received. Is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, back into reconciliation, back into a relationship with him. And this is what I love is that, you know, God loves us so much that he wants us to be with him for eternity. He wants us to be with him for forever, which is what heaven is. But God also loves us so much that he also wants us to be with him here. This is what I was talking about earlier, is that you can experience the presence of God here. God didn't send Jesus to die for you just so he can wait 80 years until you die to then be with you. God isn't waiting for you to pass away here on earth and then to be in a relationship with you in heaven. God wants you to be in a relationship with him here. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit, the form of God, is with us because he wants to be with us and guide us here on earth. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Here's my question. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to keep going. If God has stopped counting our sins against us, why do we still count our sins against ourselves? Some of you, really struggle with what we talked about last week, which is forgiving ourselves, because you were still so busy viewing. (laughs) You think God is mad at you because you're mad at you. But God, our sins are already forgiven. He's trying to get us on the right path of obedience and on grace because he wants to be with us. Verse 20, so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. When we plead, come back to God, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I think, again, this is why I said this earlier as well. I wish I had more time to kind of talk about heaven and hell and kind of do more messages on that kind of topic. Because I think one of the biggest issues, one of the biggest struggles with this as Christians is we say, okay, I'm going to heaven And they're going to hell because they don't believe and they haven't received salvation and they don't really believe in Jesus Christ. So that must mean that I'm better than them because I'm going to heaven. But I want everybody to write this last point down. People go to hell for disbelief, not sin. If sin, if sin is what sent people to hell, we'd all be going to hell. And I'm I'm trying to like be as sensitive and as quick as I can because I ain't got a lot of time left and I know talking about hell is a really, really big deal. If sin is what got us to hell, we'd all be going to hell. If sin is what caused us to go to hell, then our obedience and our works will get us to heaven. The Bible says that for those who believe, get eternity, live, live life in eternity with Jesus. It's not, it's not those who work hard enough, not those who, it's like you ain't got to read, like, okay, make sure I read this much Bible and then I'll go to heaven. Make sure I worship to this many songs. Make sure I know all the words to like this many songs, and then I'll go to heaven. No, people go to hell just because they don't believe. It's not because of their sin. And this is both for those of you who are not saved right now and you don't know where your eternity is. Some of you don't know if you're. Most of you in the room, you know your eternity is secure. You know you're going to go to heaven, and that's awesome. But I know there may be some in the room where you don't know where your eternity. Like you, I need you to understand that when you pass away, there is an eternity. You're either going to be in heaven with God or in hell without Him. And so, for those of you who don't know where your eternity is secure, I need you to know that your sin, your mistakes, your flaws, your brokenness, it is not keeping you away from heaven. That's not keeping you away from God. God forgave all that when He sent Jesus. And the only thing you have to do is to believe. But also, for those of you in the room who are saved, how you know you're going to heaven. You know that you believe in Jesus and you come to church and you worship. Like you, you, you actually have a strong belief and faith in God. I need you to understand that you're not better than anybody who's unsaved. That just because you're going to heaven doesn't mean that you're better than them. So, what I want to do is I want to open up again. I know most of us in the room were already saved, and we already, again, we know our eternity uh, is going to be in, in paradise with God. But I do know there's some people in the room, or maybe some people even watching online, that you don't know where your eternity is. You don't know if you've actually received salvation. I want to open this up for those of you who are not saved, and I want you to understand that God loves you so much that he sent his perfect son as a sacrifice to die for your sins. That Jesus Christ did not die for everybody else but you. He died for everybody.